Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Andrew. Welcome back. Afternoon drive. Goodman Mason. Watch us. MyLifeSports.com. You can reach us. Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed at Mace Denver at Eric Goodman. If you're looking for a wholesale lumber to the public, not retail, but wholesale, go to RMFP.com. In the meantime, Sasquatch and Wildcard Casino, they always have the best promotions, and you're going to love this one. They're giving away a Tesla. Yep, a Tesla. And if you don't want it, they're going to give you over $33,000 in cash instead grand prize drawings our fourth of july weekend on the second third and fourth and just for fun we're going to give away a couple hundred dollars in slot play right now for sasquatch casino first four callers are going to get 50 bucks each if you've won in the past you are not eligible to win again so hey give us a call if you want to go up to sasquatch and wildcard 303-831-1340 303-831-1340 time now for the lead the lead presented by Sasquatch Casino in Blackhawk. For ProFootballTalk.com, the Broncos are expected to sell for over $5 billion. The Panthers were the last team sold, and that was four years ago, for $2.3 billion. Why do you think the price has jumped so much? Revenue streams from legalized gambling, they're starting to be realized. That has helped. The uh, the new television and streaming contracts that have come in since then, that has helped. And then on top of that is just the scarcity of these assets coming on the market. The, the revenue streams have never been more robust. And basically, we're talking about how often does a team come on the market? Once every three years, once every four years? Right. The Broncos, they're, they, they, do, they certainly do well, good market huge fan base you knew it was going to be an attractive asset and then on top of it is the whole auction style yep. process of this right. which means that if you as long as you've been vetted and, and are going to be approved by the league it's all about simply having the highest bid that's it's not about kind of doing the you know do, doing the backroom massaging thing and all that although there is a little bit of that going on it's all about who brings the most cash to the table. As you know, I'm a benefit auctioneer. And I say to every nonprofit I work with, I compare an auction to real estate. Because there are a lot of nonprofits that I work with, not a lot, but, but a few nonprofits that I work with that have a terrific auction item and they want to start it really high. And I always recommend against it. I say to them, start it lower and generate action. And that will build the enthusiasm for wanting to buy it. With that, at an auction, it's like real estate. It's only worth what the buyer is willing to spend on it. So if you have a live auction item that's probably worth, let's call it $10,000, mm-hmm. and you start it at $10,000, yeah, that might be the actual worth, but you don't want to start it at $10,000. Because if you do and nobody raises their paddle, then you start marking it down in front of the audience. So start it at about 2000 and then go up in incre- increments of 2000 or 1000 generate the interest. 
The thing is, there is interest in the Broncos. And I think you nailed it with it going up for auction. There are at least three or four groups that really want this. And no one knows what the other person is going to do. Mm -hmm. It's like what it's like in real estate right now. Things are flying off the market. You you put a house at five hundred thousand, they're selling for five fifty because it is in such high demand. And to, to, just to use a business thing, and and you said it, it is supply and demand. And there is so there is such little supply that when it does become available, you know it's going to go for a high price. If if Walton was not involved in this, I don't think it goes for five billion. But because he is the big swinging guy in the room. And everybody knows they have to outbid him if he truly wants it. Literally they, worth fifty billion dollars more than any other current NFL owner. So if you know the guy who owns the Seventy Sixers, mm-hmm. Josh Harris, if he wants it, he knows he's going to have to go north of four point five. Mm-hmm. But I am wondering, I am wondering, from this report, if this was a plant to get the bidding to go higher. Remember, it's a blind auction. That's what this is. When I do events, it's not a blind auction. This is a blind auction. It wouldn't surprise me at all if somebody, I don't want to, I don't want to be, say it's nefarious, but maybe somebody in the Bolin family, right? Maybe Joe Ellis. Maybe somebody called Mike Florio and said, you know, and I'm not, I'm not accusing anybody of doing it, but it would kind of be a smart thing to do to call Mike Florio and say, uh, by the way, I want to let you know, I've seen the bids. And and they're around five million. For all we know, they could five billion. For all we know, they're only at four point two billion. But because it's a blind auction, Josh Harris is thinking, Well, I'm guessing Walton's the lead guy. We know what kind of money he has. I better get to the five billion mark if I want this. Or maybe it's a matter of yeah, it's a matter of saying, Okay, it's it's going to the person with the most who has the biggest offer, but maybe they want it to be somebody other than the Walton family. Maybe. Maybe it's okay. Well, we know what they can give. You put this out there and okay, I mean, maybe we, maybe it's like they really want Todd Bowley or Josh Harris or these two other group. There there are five finalists, but we only know three of them. Let me use a... a and I'm, and, and I th- that's where it's interesting. You still have these two, I guess you could call them mystery groups. Right. Let me use a real estate example, because as you know, I used to have my real estate license. Mm-hmm. When you have a multi-bid situation, and let's say you're the selling agent, you say to the buyer's agent for both parties, mm-hmm. give me your best and final offer. Give me your best and final offer. And that's essentially what this is. This isn't your traditional auction where you're you're sitting at Christie's or you're sitting in a room for the Boys and Girls Club of Weld County. That's not how this is going to work and you're going to raise your paddle. You know what, though? It's too bad it isn't that way. That would actually be must. That would actually be something I'd want to watch. It would be. An NFL team at an auction would be, I mean, I think you might get ratings that come close to the draft. If that happened, I am sure there are more than a few realtors out there that while you are doing your fiduciary responsibility for your client, trying to get the highest price, you could also lose your license if you do what I'm about to say that I'm sure realtors do. Let's say you have two buyer's agents that have to give the best and final offer. Mm-hmm. 
and let's say they're both at 500000 for a home. You cannot, as the, as the selling agent, call one of the buyer's agents and lie and say, the other one, the other buyer's agent, is at $550,000. Give me your best and final offer. You can do that. You might lose your license, right? Mm. And that's why I'm suggesting, wouldn't it be something if this was leaked? So you say that to the buyer's agent. Mm-hmm. One of them, it's at five hundred fifty thousand. You're forcing the other one to go over five hundred fifty. That's not actually true, and then you get an extra fifty, sixty thousand. You get an extra, I don't know, fifty, sixty thousand mm-hmm. for your client. I'm guessing this has to be a leak. Yeah, don't you think? At, at the risk of sounding completely cynical, how did we go from four to five? I had a feeling it was always going to end up around five, though. I I did too. Because I, of, because of the scarcity of it. I thought it would be between four point five and five. By the way, what's interesting? Obviously, we have groups involved with this. Josh Harris, his net worth it's is like five, six five point four billion. Yeah, I mean, the, and that includes the Devils and the Sixers, and there's no indication he's going to sell them and Crystal Palace over. Well, but remember, he doesn't have to buy it in full. He's yeah. He he can he he can he, leverage it and he, he just has it. to have a majority share but, of it, which is what like 30%. Yeah, but the interest but here's the other interesting thing. We know that they have a, they have a responsibility to take the biggest offer, but what if the what if there's more cash? What if there you have two offers that are comparable but one has more cash than the other? Do you think that plays into it? I think I think You'd like more cash in the offer, yes, if you're the Broncos. Or the Bolin family. Yeah. But they have to be paid in full, don't they? Yes. I mean, you have but to that, sell but, assets. But that's the thing. You don't want uh, you don't want an owner coming in heavily leveraged. I mean, the one thing the one thing that is the advantage of Rob Walton here from a perspective of what kind of owner he would be and what he could do is that he would come in with no, that he'd be assuming no debt to make the purchase. Right. He could pull the money out of his pocket. Right. And then on on the other side of that, if if he decides he wants a new stadium, he can do what Stan Kroenke did in Los Angeles and, say, and buy the land and say, I'm doing this and I'm paying for it. And the only, the only civic uh, responsibility here is a, uh, you know, if you if you upgrade the roads and the, the the interstate exits or whatever, then I'll build you a gleaming complex on the high prairie. And, and by the way, as much as Rob Walton would like to buy the Broncos, he has a motive. Is while he wants the Broncos, I don't necessarily believe that's a hundred percent of the reason why he wants the team. I think it's a real estate play. That's that's my point exactly. That, the the, the Cronkies. Cronky and the Waltons are now in the real estate business. It's arguably bigger than the retail business. Retail made this happen, right? But one of the, but w- how they exponentially increase their wealth is right. kind of the the same thing as you know, but sort of everything behind McDonald's, right? Mm-hmm. It was not in hand. If you if you if you haven't, if you haven't it's seen franchising, the, yeah. If you haven't seen the founder, it's a good movie to watch. Yeah. And boy, Rick Croc's a real ass, isn't he? Yes, he is. But the money is in the, is in the land. The money is in the right. real estate, not, right. not the asset you're putting on it. So what Walmart did, a lot of Walmarts for a long time that were built, were built on assets, real estate assets that were owned by the Kroenke Group. 
Right. It worked. It all worked hand in hand together. And so, yes, it's a real estate play for Rob Walton. Coming up after the break, we have a lot of new broadcast teams on all the major networks and Amazon. Now that Tom Brady is going to be in the mix, eventually when he retires, we're going to look at five of them. We're going to rank them, which is the best. And as Mace has put out on Twitter more than a few times, well, we'll save it for after the break. Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Andrew. Welcome back. Afternoon Drive. Goodman, Mason, watch us. MileHighSports.com. You can reach us. Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed at Mace Denver at Eric Goodman. If you're looking for wholesale lumber to the public, not retail, but wholesale, go to rmfp.com. Don't know if you know, but I've been taking testosterone for a very long time. I was kind of getting tired of going to the pharmacy every single month. The price was way too high. Didn't like that. So I discovered a great company called Low T99. It's a lot easier and it's a heck of a lot more affordable. It's all-inclusive treatment for just $129 per month. So what does that mean? They're going to send you the testosterone and the supplies for just $129 per month. That includes the lab work. You know that's expensive. And I'll tell you what's super cool because I've been with them for over a month. Uh, I didn't have to do anything. I got a package FedEx to me a couple of days ago, right when I ran out of the testosterone and boom, there was more supplies sitting on my front door and I did not have to do anything, did not have to go to the pharmacy. It came right to me and it was absolutely awesome. How convenient and the price is fantastic. I'm telling you, I wish I found these guys sooner. Do what I did. Go to lowt99.com, lowt99.com. Again, LowT99.com. Time now for the buzz. The buzz is presented by Rocky Mountain Eurosport. Go for a test drive today in Denver or Parker because everyone deserves a luxury car buying experience. Or find them online at rmurosport.com. Four broadcast teams are set for next season, and I'm talking about the number one broadcast team. The other one for Fox will begin once Tom Brady announces his retirement. CBS, you're familiar with it. Jim Nance, Tony Romo. Once Tom Brady retires, Kevin Burkhart and Tom Brady. NBC, you're familiar with it. Mike Tirico, Chris Collinsworth. Joe Buck, Troy Aikman used to be with Fox. Now they're with ESPN. And then on Amazon, it's going to be Al Michaels and Kirk Herbstreet. Let's rank them in order of what you like. But before we get to that, you have made it very clear on Twitter how you feel about broadcast teams. Yeah, and it's it's not that I don't enjoy a good broadcast team. I'm just saying that I never watched the game because of the broadcast team. Did you ever watch because of John Madden? No. Neither did I. And I and I John Madden, I think, still is the gold standard 
of infotainment, as it were, as yeah. a broadcaster, informative and wildly entertaining, and had the perfect partner in Pat Summerall because Summerall was so sparse and he could let Madden kind of paint the canvas, as it were. There are three yeah. broadcasters I could think of. But I wasn't watching because of, of Madden and Summerall. There are three broadcasters that I can think of, and I might now throw Tony Romo in there, that I wouldn't necessarily watch the game because of them, but once I was watching the game, I was glad I was watching because of them. Number one, Tim McCarver. Loved him as an analyst because he really knew his stuff. And you're smiling because I think you probably disagree. Why don't you like Tim McCarver? I have nothing against Tim McCarver. The thing that I remember about him is the Deion Sanders incident. That's fine. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't handled well. Yeah. But he knew his stuff. Steve Stone. He's, I think he's still as good as there is in baseball. Steve Stone used to be with the Cubs. Now he is with the White Sox. I owe... When I listen to a broadcaster, I want to learn something. When I listen to sports talk radio, I want to learn something. I hope for our listeners and for our viewers, maybe they learn something today. I don't claim to be a comedian. I know you do. I know you don't. (laughs) I want to learn something. You know, program directors at radio stations all the time say, we want someone who's entertaining. I got news for you. If they were that entertaining, they would be on the stand-up circuit. But they're not. I want to learn something. That's what I grew up with in Chicago. The sports talk guys weren't necessarily entertaining, but when I listened to them in the car, I wanted to learn something. Got that from McCarver. Got that from Steve Stone, right? I get that from Tony Romo. But to me, the best there ever there was and is is Pat Foley with the Chicago Blackhawks, and I was fortunate enough to work with him when I did the pre- and post-game shows with the Blackhawks. Another guy that I... The, and I didn't one, learn anything from another him, one that I, he was the, awesome. Another one that I liked that I learned a lot from listening to, even though he was very much not entertaining, and if anything got under people's skin, was Billy Packer, who did... Great. He was a terrific... Same with Al McGuire. Yeah. He was the entertainment, he, Now, Al McGuire was kind of that John Madden type. No as question. In infotainment. Billy Packer was... Probably a little bit too critical, but if but you learn something about the game listening to him. I'll tell you something. And if, and he and he did what like twenty? I think he he did something like thirty four straight Final Fours. I mean, with all respect to Dick Vitale, Packer is the goat of college basketball broadcasters. But you know what? A lot of those names have in common, except for Romo, they weren't stars on the field on the court. True, they were kind of that you know. Billy Packer was a good college player. Tim McCarver was a, you know, was a solid catch starting catcher. Steve Stone had one really great year season with the Orioles before he blew his arm out. Well, generally yeah. speaking, you can make the case the best broadcasters in baseball mm-hmm. are the catchers or the pitchers. Mm-hmm. In football, generally speaking, it is the quarterback, and I'm sure there are a lot of non-quarterbacks mm-hmm. who are upset that they aren't getting their crack because when you look at the broadcast teams, Romo. Brady, Aikman, Herb Street. See, I like I like Akeem Talib. He's more entertaining, but he's if, knowledgeable too. But listen, the way he breaks down coverages, right? Like he 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 can dissect coverages better than any broadcaster. Offensive linemen are also yeah. very good. Our friend Mark Schlereth, Merlin Olson was very good. But I'll tell you something: is he was this, a D lineman, but yeah, in yeah, the trenches, yeah, yeah. But I'll I'll tell you who my favorite guy was growing up, besides Pat Foley. And it's interesting because he's the reason I went to Indiana University. 
He is the reason the why. The reason why. The only reason why. Yeah. There was a professor at Indiana named Dwight Yoakam, and I desperately wanted to take at least one class from him because he taught Dick Enberg at Indiana mm. for his graduate degree. Wow. Right. And not, not to get too I far. I should say, oh, my. Oh, my. I don't want to get too far down the road on this, but when you go to college, you got to get all of your requirements out of the way. And I went to Indiana to take one, just one class from Dwight Yoakam because he taught Dick Enberg. And my first two years, I'm going through my electives and I'm banging through them. And Dwight Yoakam was getting ready to retire after my sophomore season. Oh, wow. And I would not be able to take a class with him. And I walked into his office as a sophomore and I said, Professor Yoakam, I came here to take a class from you because you taught Dick Enberg. Is there any way you can make an exception for me to take one class from you second semester, sophomore year? Okay. And he said, let me talk to some people. And he got me in his class. Nice. And it was a highlight of my, yeah. my stay at Indiana. Yeah. It really was. But getting back to this, uh, best of the bunch, who do you like? I think the best of the bunch is going to be uh, Al Michaels and Kirk Herbstreet. Herb, by the way, Herbstreet, when he... Uh, Did NFL games, he was great. Yeah, he was phenomenal. Like, the, the, the most well-called Bronco game last year was Herbstreet at the mic with, with Chris Fowler for the Chiefs-Broncos game in Week 18. He was, he was terrific. And, he, and by the way, he did that while simultaneously preparing for the college football playoff right. final, doing two doing double prep at once, you never would have known that from the work he did on that broadcast. You know it's a great compliment as a color guy when you get railed by fans and some media when they say, stop giving away the play. That's before, Tony Romo. Yeah. Stop giving away the play before the ball is snapped. People rail Romo for that. I love it. With that, for me, it's Nance 1A and 1B is Al Michaels and Kirk Herbstreit. Yeah, that, that that was for me. It's flip. I mean, I'll go. I'll I'll say Nance Romo too, but it's a strong too. But I'm I I th I I think I think Herbstreit. He is a just. He's probably my favorite football broadcaster working today in on any level. So now let's go number three. See, and the reason why I listen, I like Herbstreit a lot. Yeah, but Al Michaels is a classic, and he's not slowing down. He's an absolute classic. He's still going to drop in those gambling references, you know, after a, a when they hit the over. Well, that was overwhelming. Right. Oh, that's I you I, I do I do love when he he still slyly slips those in. So now we have Burkhart, Brady, Tariko, Collinsworth, Buck, Aikman. I'm not Who's sure third? we can I'm not sure we can grade Burkhart, Brady just because we don't know what Tom Brady's going to be like. We know Kevin Burkhart's a solid broadcaster. Okay. I feel I feel bad I feel, a, or certainly at least a sense of empathy uh, for whoever's going to come in and be the number one Fox broadcaster with Burkhart this season, knowing that right. they're going to go back to being the number two. The The rumblings are it's going to be Greg Olson, former uh, tight end with the Panthers and the uh, Bears, among others. And Olson's terrific. Yeah, I think Burkhart Olson would have been a great number one team, but right. alas. But we don't know Burkhart and Brady. So I, would take, I would take Kevin Harlan over Kevin Burkhart. Okay. Now, granted, I have a little bias 
because Kevin Harlan was the Chiefs play-by-play guy when I covered the Chiefs. He really so I enjoyed listening to him. He really struggled with uh, names like OJ Mudia and um, yeah, that that bothers and me. Oak Webunam. Okay, so but, but so, I, actually, I, I think Harlan is a better basketball. basketball. Like I, his the NCAA team of him, Dan Bonner, and Reggie Miller, I think is actually the best NCAA current NCAA team on CBS. Okay, so Tariko Collinsworth, Buck Aikman. Um, I'm going Trico Collinsworth over Buck Aikman. Why? I can't recall anything that Aikman has said that's really kind of made me go, hmm, right. made me think. Collinsworth makes you think. You And a lot of people don't like Collinsworth, but he's kind of that Billy Packer type. I love Collinsworth. I do too. Love him. But he's that Billy Packer type that I know kind of will because he can be very critical and he can get under people's skin. Right. But I think he gives a fair, I think he gives very fair critiques. He also loves talking about pro football focus. Well, I mean, because that's his company. By the way, the funny thing you ever hear his son, like his son sounds exactly like him. Does his he? son is calling USFL games. Oh, Jack Collinsworth. It's like, if you put Chris Collinsworth and Jack Collinsworth in the right. same booth, right. I, it would be hard to distinguish between the two. It's like when John and Patrick McEnroe call a tennis match right. together. It's like, uh, who am I? You have to really concentrate to know who's right. saying what. So I'll say about those two. I like Buck more than Tarico, but I like Collinsworth more than Aikman. Yeah. And I'll lean towards the color guy. So I will go with Tarico Collinsworth and then Buck Troy Aikman. Same for me. And I, I agree with you on that. I, I do like, and I, I like. Joe Buck probably better than most people do. Tariko well. doesn't do anything for me. Doesn't do anything for me. I think he's actually best suited to uh, the role he has in the Olympics. Studio host. Yeah. I think he's best suited to that inheriting that Bob Costas mantle. Bob Costas is fantastic. He's. It's funny. Like people thought that Jim McKay couldn't be topped as an as a host. Yep. And then Bob Costas came along and did that. I'll tell you a quick little nugget about Bob Costas, who went to Syracuse. And when I was in Indiana, I almost transferred to Syracuse because of all the great broadcasters that have come out of there. Two of them being two guys we've just mentioned. One of them, Bob Costas, and then Mike Tirico went to Syracuse as well. When Bob Costas was at Syracuse, he would cover the hockey team. Squirrely little guy. And they would ride him like a bull and make fun of him and chastise him. And he certainly came out on the other end doing pretty well. And I have no idea who his hair guy is or his uh, uh, plastic surgeon is, but that guy is is old and he looks like he is 30 years old. Costas? Yes. I wouldn't say he looks like he's 30. I've, because he, he still does. I, I I was watching his HBO show recently, right? And of course, he's doing baseball. And by the way, I love the fact that he's on base back on baseball. He's doing baseball games for TBS now, right? Um, and I I've seen him a couple of times in the on air in the last couple of months. He, I'd say he looks in his fifties. Okay, but I don't think he can, even though he's you know, pushing 70. I don't think he can pass for in his thirties anymore. The only thing that bothers me about Costas is he can be a wee bit pious. Yeah. That part never bothered me. Mm, Kind of like he can be very pedantic. I'd rather go with pious. Yeah. He could be a little judgmental. I, I, but I think he comes from a place of, uh, 
He's an old school guy. I think he become, comes from, even though it doesn't come across as angry, I think there's a little self righteous. Yeah, he there's a there's a righteousness, there's a righteous anger to him. Yes, on some, and anger is the, the right word, which is part of why he's no longer doing football. That's right, because he did speak out. Yes, and he did speak his conscience, and I'm not going to fault him for that because I think he, especially in the wake of. Uh, uh, of all the stuff we've learned about CTE, I think he made a lot of very salient points. Coming up after the break, there is going to be a movie about a very famous coach. And it's one that I got to tell you, I'm looking forward to seeing if it's as good as I hope it will be. Who is it going to be? That's next. Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Andrew. Welcome back. Afternoon Drive. Goodman, Mason, watch us. MyLifeSports.com. You can reach us. Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed at Mace Denver at Eric Goodman. If you're looking for wholesale lumber to the public, go to rmfp.com. Time now for What's Trending. What's Trending is presented by Optimum Golf. Take your game to the next level this offseason at Denver's best indoor virtual facility in the Park Hill and Rhino neighborhoods. Book your tee time today at theoptimumgolf.com. Well, sometimes, as I've said, our conversations in the break are better than the conversations we have on the show. Um, not to let too much of the cat out of the bag, uh, but you're going to be leaving the show uh, on Friday. That'll be your final day. Terry Fry will be joining me as my new partner on Monday. You're going to be spending a decent amount of time, not full time, but a decent amount of time with your family in Wisconsin. And you told me, and by the way, about the movie, I know we teased it. We'll get to it maybe tomorrow. It's a great topic. And we, I want to talk about that in full. Not that this isn't a good topic. And you talked about you're going to get season tickets for the Wisconsin Badger games. For basketball, yeah. And you said something that nearly knocked me over. I said, why don't you just get courtside seats? I mean, you've earned it. You work hard, so on and so forth. And you said, I like where I'm at. Ready for this, Danny? He said, I like where I'm at because it's close to the concession stand okay. and there isn't okay. a long line. Okay, stop it. I also said I like it's you I like, like the seats. I like the angle. We're yep. above midcourt. There's it's th- there's three levels to the building. It's in it's in the second level. It's uh it's, it's a nice it's a nice angle on the game. But I'll say this, when you've got a when you have a 9-year-old right for whom part of the experience is going down and getting some dipping dots and whatever. Right. Then I just sneak them in. Little things like that they don't melt. matter. Yeah. Well, you probably could sneak them in because outside in Madison, Wisconsin, it's pretty cold. Right. Cold enough to keep the dipping dots icy. Right. And uh, yeah. But yeah, that, these are these are all things you can you you think you consider and think about. I I like the fact that the section's only about like I think like six to eight rows or something. Right. So it's, if you, it's easy in, easy out. If you could have great tickets, and this is to both of you, if you could have great tickets. To any team, in any sport, what would it be? College basketball. So North Carolina. Yeah. And you'd want to be what center court, maybe like seven rows up. 
Yeah, you don't. I, I don't want to be right on on the court like court side. That I mean, I I like going to soccer games, but I always like to sit at least if it's avail if if the if the venue has enough rows. When I go to a Rapids game, for example, I like to sit a minimum of sixteen rows up, right? So I can have enough of an angle to where I can see everything. Because for, for soccer, soccer is a, a sport where you don't want to be down low. You want to have right. some distance up to have perspective because it's a full field. It's it's a game where you always have to account for the full field and know where everybody is and that kind of thing. Danny? Uh, it would be Broncos for me. And where would you want to sit? Um, I'd probably want to sit, um, I don't know, probably not like right near, right on the rail, but like no. maybe 20 rows up. 50-yard line. 50-yard line, yeah. That'd be awesome. I don't know what I'd pick, but being close is obviously a priority. Yeah. Um, I told you I'm not a fan of any team, but since I've lived in Denver for so long, I would pick one of these teams. Um, I either if I would if I did the Broncos, it would have to be in a suite. Have to be in a suite. I've no interest in sitting in freezing cold weather. That's not appealing to me one bit. Uh, you'd have great seats on the 50 yard line in a box. That'd be fantastic. And there's more booze and food. I know what to do with. I would absolutely love that. Um, I don't know if you know, when I came here in 2004, there was one team I couldn't wait to cover. Yeah. Would you like to guess who that was? CU Buffs. You've said this before. CU Buffs and the Avalanche. Yeah. Those are the, the two. The Buffs were, flaunt, were were still a yes. nationally prominent program at that point. It was not the Broncos. I'm sorry. It wasn't the Broncos. I couldn't wait to cover the Avalanche because they had such a great history and they were only you know, three years removed from winning a Stanley Cup. And then, of course, when I get here, they're in a lockout, which mm. sucked. And, but I would say if I had to pick one, if I had to pick one, I'd say 12 rows up center ice at an Avs game. Okay. And if I get 41 of those babies yeah, and I have access to the Lexus Club, wow, that'd be awesome. Yeah. And I, I mean, base, baseball is great as well, but the thing is you can't go to, it, it's hard to go to every baseball game or close to it. Right. It's, the, the the time in the in the schedule doesn't exist, and I'd rather be where I can just drink up up in the uh, in the party deck. Anyway, yeah, I know yeah. I, I know I can drink anywhere in, in the place. Yeah, you can, and you can usually find seats. Yep, walking de- walking around yeah. from the party deck. Yeah, ba- baseball to me is is not as much about watching the game as it is just having a good time, and I do this for a living, <laughs> so that says something. Yeah. You, on the other hand, if you had box seats at a Braves game, you would love it. Well, I mean, when the Braves come in and play the Rockies early next month, I'm not I'm not scrimping on what I'm paying for tickets. You know, I I want a good seat, right? Because I'm there to I'm there to watch the game, to watch my team, and I'll I'll sit actually for those because the and visiting team fans tend to know this. The cluster of visiting team fans is always down down the third base side. Right. That's where I will sit down the third base side behind the Atlanta dugout with. All the other Atlanta people who asking for autographs. No, you're just the Atlanta people who Rockies fans are going to find annoying and boo all weekend. What do we have coming up on Argonaut Wine and Liquor? Just in case you missed it, we talked a little bit about NIL regulations yesterday. One college basketball coach is saying that uh, other coaches need to shut up and adjust. We'll tell you who that is. Also, a hometown favorite, former Bronco, still a free agent. Uh, is he going to find a landing spot or is he going to have to start looking at other options? We'll talk about that next right here on Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason on Mile High Sports. Ooh, the master of my CEO. Ooh.
Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Andrew. Welcome back. Afternoon Drive. Goodman, Mason, watch us. MyLifeSports.com. You can reach us. Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed at Mace Denver at Eric Goodman. If you're looking for wholesale lumber to the public, go to rmfp.com. Time now for the final word. The final word is presented by the McKenzie Law Firm. Don't wait before it's too late. Protect your family by setting up a will, living will, or estate plan with Dan McKenzie at themckenziefirm.com. Just in case you missed it, is presented by Argonaut Wine and Liquor. You need to see why Westward named it the best liquor store in Denver. Five years running. Or order online at ArgonautLiquor.com. Just in case you missed it, Notre Dame basketball coach Mike Bray says fellow coaches need to stop complaining and, quote, shut up and adjust regarding NIL. There's been a lot of of, uh, moaning and whining from college coaches about NIL, about the transfer portal, and how things are changing. With the prestige of Notre Dame, does Bray have less to worry about with NIL than a lot of other coaches? Well, probably more than some other coaches, but Notre Dame has a lot of prestige, but uh, not really a basketball school. I mean, if you're talking about prestige among basketball schools in the ACC and prominence, I mean, they're behind Carolina, they're behind Duke, they're behind... uh, uh, they're, They're behind... uh, Syracuse. They're behind Virginia right now. They're probably behind Louisville. And the interesting thing about Notre Dame is it's not in a it's it has a huge base of supporters, but they're not in a big city in South Bend and uh you know it's close to Chicago. It's close enough to Chicago, but they're gonna have some work to do to kind of kind of put the pieces together. But I think what he's saying every college coach should heat. It's it is, a, as has been often said, it's adapt or die. You adapt to this or you're going to struggle. And what he's saying is, you know, no one wants to hear about you complaining. You know, no one wants to hear about the labor. Just show the, show me the baby at the end, right? That's exactly what I was going to say. I, I heard that quote many, many years ago when yeah. I covered Glenn Mason at Kansas. And he yeah. said to his players, no one wants to hear about the labor pains. All they want to do is see the baby. If you're going to complain about it, maybe this isn't the right business for I mean, you. And this is, I mean, not to equate it with childbirth, but the thing is people don't like hearing yep. the excuses. Especially right? with all the money you're getting paid. Yeah. No, and Notre Dame, I mean, yeah, are they North Carolina or Duke in basketball? No. But they're a program that, like Danny said, they've got a lot of things going for them that most programs in major college basketball don't. Right. So he understands that, and he knows that the pressure uh, that – at Notre Dame, they're not the uh, the the priests that run that school aren't going to listen to NIL as an excuse if you go fifteen and seventeen in back to back years. They want they want to see you win. Just in case you missed it, NFL on CBS tweeted today: the only player since nineteen fifty with seven hundred plus touches and zero career fumbles. Uh, old uh, fan favorite around here, Philip Lindsay, the hometown kid, former Bronco and CU Buff standout, has also played for Miami and Houston. 
and is currently a free agent. So, what's next for Philip Lindsay? Retirement. I think he'll get one more shot somewhere as training camp goes on, running back gets hurt, team will bring him in. We see that, remember, remember when Lendale White was here, I think, 12 years ago? I do. Yeah, I mean, usually running backs, they kind of get, you know, Lendale White. Remember Justin Fargus briefly for a while, mm-hmm. uh, briefly for the Broncos? He'll get a shot like that somewhere, and if he can turn it into something significant, great, but uh, the sand is probably... Just about out of the hourglass for Philip Lindsay as a pro. The group think around the NFL, accurate or not accurate, is Philip Lindsay is not dependable in terms of his injury situation. He's not dependable. Well, the Broncos... And he's not very good at catching the ball out of the backfield. He's got great speed, Mm -hmm. but when group think takes over, like with Colin Kaepernick, you're out. Yeah. It's unfortunate because Philip Lindsay, good dude, for the amount of time he spent in the NFL, he, I don't want to say he overachieved, but he exceeded everybody's expectations. Good tr- for him. The truth is, I think the Broncos may have done him wrong a little bit because they leaned on him too much, slamming him between the tackles, and that wasn't his game. But that's, what, a, every, that's what every team does right. to their players. and he, They don't care about burning them out because players are nothing more than a commodity. And he is five foot eight and 190 pounds. And that wasn't something that was conducive to him having a long-term effective role in the NFL. He needed to be used more judiciously. The Broncos, hey, they they wrung out of him what they they could, but they probably doomed his long-term hopes by using him as they did. He expressed interest early in his career about going into law enforcement, so maybe we'll see him in a role like that back here in Denver at some point. Just in case you missed it, the Spurs are planning a few games in the city of Austin, but owner Peter J. Holt assures fans the team is staying in San Antonio. There's no risk of relocation. Your thoughts on teams playing home games away from their home arena, and in your mind, what franchise in the NBA is at the greatest risk of relocation? Well, I'll I'll go way back on you, and then Mace, and you're as familiar with this as anybody, Green Bay Packers played a bunch of games in Milwaukee. Now they're full-time in Green Bay. They played a lot of games in Milwaukee every year. It's also happened a lot in the NBA. The Celtics used to play a few games in Hartford. The Atlanta Hawks would play some games in New Orleans. Uh, the Utah Jazz used to have a handful of home games in Las Vegas. When Kareem broke the scoring record mm-hmm. against the Jazz, did it at the Thomas & Mack Center in Las Vegas. Well, well, not think- in Utah, not in L.A. Well, it's, it's smart business for this reason alone. You're competing with two other NBA teams. You're competing with the Rockets and the Mavericks. If you can draw in the Austin crowd, good on you. Mm-hmm. That's smart business. But the question is, are they are they looking longingly at Austin? Because you can all argue that Austin, while a comparable market in size, has a bigger corporate base. Austin's probably a better market for a team than San Antonio. That was Argonaut Wine and Liquor, just in case you missed it. Argonaut, always great specials, bubbles and boxes, 15% off. And don't forget, Argonaut delivers, and all deliveries over 100 bucks are free. Stop by Argonaut today off of Colfax or check them out at ArgonautLiquor.com. That's going to do it for us. Nolan and Danny, great job today as always. Mace, fantastic job as always. Mm-hmm. I'll try and do better tomorrow.